Welcome to another episode of Queens of the Drone Age, a catch-up with your friends in tech. My name is Tegan Jones, and with me is the one and the only, I presume, Ray Johnston. Hello, Tegan Jones. Uh, There is one other Ray Johnston. She is a mid-60s poker player in America. Shout out to the other Ray Johnston. (laughs) Okay, look, I wasn't going to accept this, but considering (laughs) that, I just, I simply have to that's amazing she sounds intensely cool and i think you know there would be some type of universal black hole situation if we were to ever be in the same Mm. room together (laughs) (laughs) on that very weird existential timey-wimey note what have you been looking at recently ray Non poker ray. (laughs) Non poker ray. I am not poker ray. I am heater ray. I live in the mountains, Tegan. It's cold. Are you aware of this? (laughs) I am because uh, at the time of recording, I turned up at your house at about 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m. yesterday morning in the middle of winter, and she was chilly. (laughs) I came running out to the car and I'm like, it's six degrees. It's fine. This is lovely. We've got a top of 13 today. What a fabulous day. It's true. And you know what? I would have glared at you if I hadn't learnt in Canada that five is balmy. It is. Uh, It's quite comfortable. So... In my home, I do have three reverse cycle air conditioning units that I utilize the solar power for. So the heating's very efficient, very environmentally friendly. However, there are two rooms of my house that don't have access to the reverse cycle aircon, and that is my office and Jess's office. So we picked up two very, very differently styled heaters for our individual spaces. Jess went with the the classic Dyson hot and cool tower. Okay, I can attest to that because we have two of those in our house, or slightly different ones, different models, and both of them do a damn good job at heating up an office, I tell you what. Yeah, he's very, very pleased with it. I, on the other hand, have a bit of a different vibe going in my office. It's a bit more rustic. It's a bit more, you know, New York loft, you know, mid-century Art Deco kind of deal. Is your solution literally a fire? in the corner, like, and I'm talking a campfire. I did think about installing a fireplace in my office because it would suit it perfectly. And I've gone with the next best thing, which is the Dimplex Ritz portable electric fire with OptiFlame log effect. Truly what your ancestors used or close enough, (laughs) absolutely, with a name like that. I call it my cosplay fireplace because it's got a door (laughs) that opens up and it's got these fake logs in it that are straight up made out of polystyrene that's been painted. There's even glitter on it and then there is a screen in the back that plays like a fire effect video on the back of it. It is fantastic. Fantastic. And then the fan that heats it, (laughs) it's got two settings, comes out the bottom, heats up my little office 
quite nicely, thank you very much, but it feels like I've got a fire going in the room. Oh, my God. It's really cute. It's lovely. And it looks like cast iron too. It's got a really nice design on the door. It looks like it needs to have like a cauldron sitting on top of it. Yes. Can you please put a photo of this into the next newsletter, just for my benefit as well as the listeners, (laughs) because I'm struggling to picture this, but I'm very happy for you. (laughs) All right. So it is tiny. Imagine... Yeah, about 60 centimetres high, 60 centimetres wide, and about 30 centimetres deep. Okay. It's electric, so it plugs in. It's all black. It's got a black cord. And, like, imagine something that would be sitting, like, in a tavern. It's got kind of D&D vibes. Oh, my God. And did you say it's portable, like you could carry it from room to room quite easily if you needed to? Depending on your strength level, I wouldn't exactly say that it's portable. It is the kind of heater that you do just put in one place and that's where it lives. Oh, so it's portable in the sense that the original like Sonos Roam was portable (laughs) in that it was like about three kilos or something like that? (laughs) Look, I think it's just It's not built in. That's the way that they're using the term portable in this instance. Yeah, I was going to say it's in the name. (laughs) It's not like drilled into the wall and it doesn't require a structure to be in place. If you wanted to move where it was, you could, but you're not going to carry it around with you. It is quite hefty. Okay. And, you know, rightly so, because it does pack a punch. Well, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot going on in there, like between the cast iron and false flames (laughs) and fake logs and whatnot. It's not exactly, you know, bare bones. No, no, it does have a two kilowatt heat output. So that is on par with the biggest of electric wall plug heaters that I was able to find in research. And it's in this tiny little 60 by 60 by 30 unit. It also has a one kilowatt setting if you don't need to crank it right up and you don't want to use that much power. I've used the one kilowatt setting on for a little bit longer to heat the room, Mm. but usually I just come into my frosty room and, and whack it straight on the two kilowatt. It's pretty good. Like I am not upset that I purchased this (laughs) at all. So are there different fan speeds or anything like that going on? Yeah. So there are two fan speeds. Oh yeah. That's the one and the two. Yeah. That's the one and the two. And that's also how you select either one kilowatt or two kilowatt. And you can also decide whether or not to have that whole log flame effect going while you are heating or whether you can turn that off or you can even just have the flame effect going without the heater being on at all. Like a TV that has those like YouTube things playing of like the crackling fireplace or a no an aquarium or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. So that is why I do call it my cosplay fireplace because it just suits it perfectly. <laughs> now, I might have missed this at the start. So forgive me if you've already answered this, but is this just a heater or is it a heater and a cooler kind of like air conditioning does both? No, this one's just straight up a heater. It doesn't do anything else. It would be kind of weird to have cool air coming out of something that looked like a fireplace. <laughs> the flames are going and you're just like, it's kind of chilly in here. <laughs> I think it would like upset my brain a little bit. Mm. I think it would be a little bit disturbing. No, it, it is just straight up for heating. And for this one, I did pay like $360. Yeah, right. Which is not bad for heaters. Like you can get cheaper, but yeah. in that two kilowatt output, it's pretty good value, I must say. The only downside is the only place that I could find to buy it 
was Harvey Norman. Oh, mate. Okay. <laughs> so I had to support Harvey Norman and I feel dirty. I'm so sorry. You should. You should feel dirty. Um, how did you even <laughs> come across this thing? I haven't even heard of the brand before. Dimplex. Yeah. Dimplex do heaps of heaters. Do they? They do all of those ones that look like fireplaces, but they're oh, not. Oh, okay. All of yes. those ones that you see at pubs and all of that sort of stuff. Even the old school, like 80s ones, you yeah. know, the ones that I'm talking about. Is Okay. Yes. I know. Modern version of that. Got it. Got it. Dimplex have been around for a while. This is kind of their specialty doing the fake log heaters that honestly, I always thought were a little bit tacky. I'm like, just get a fireplace. Yeah. And then when I found this little babby one, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to bring you in tomorrow. No, you know what? I'm here. (laughs) I'm here for this tacky renaissance. I love it for you. I think it's great. I think it's perfect that you have bought a home and then are absolutely leaning into just like, I want a fake tacky fireplace (laughs) and it's going to be my favorite thing. I think this is the best. I did consider at some point just like loading the top with candles and stuff because the top does stay cool because it's not a real fireplace. Yeah. Nothing's melting. All the heat's coming out the bottom. But there's something like in my lizard brain that doesn't allow me to put anything on top of the heater. No, I understand. It's like, no, this is dangerous. No, this is dangerous. Even though it's it's actually not, it's not dangerous. You know, my dusk background and having candle stuff figuratively burnt into my brain, I get it because people would call up so often when they did dumb stuff with candles. And I know that this thing is built like a brick S house, (laughs) as it were, (laughs) but like I still worry that it could get knocked or something like that and then the candles go flying or wax goes flying. Like (laughs) this is my lizard brain and my paranoia. (laughs) You're showing your candle trauma, Tegan. You've seen too much. Oh, my God, so much. It's because it would be like a bunch of Karens that would call up going, (laughs) you need to give me a refund or you need to pay for my, I don't know, bedroom renovation because your candles exploded. I'm like, well, what happened? Like, well, we stacked a ton of these really, really big fat ones into small glass canisters. Then we stacked them all closely <laughs> together and we were surprised when a bunch of glass got hot. Like, Christ. Uh, now that is showing my candle trauma. <laughs> have you fully recovered from this or do you need some help? <laughs> no, I still have nightmares about just these voices in my head saying, our house nearly burnt down because of your candles. And I ask, what happened? Oh, we left it on overnight when we went out. I'm like, oh my God, don't leave fire on in your house. Get a fake fireplace like Ray. Be like Ray. Be, Be like, like Ray. Ray. Be like Ray. Get yourself a cosplay fireplace. <laughs> Tegan, what have you been up to? What have you been reviewing lately? What can you tell me about? We're finally getting to it, Ray. The 2022 V8 Mustang. Vroom, vroom. I've seen Mm -hmm. billboards for this. (laughs) Not with me on them. No, no. Thankfully. That would be frightening. But yes, we've been talking about it for a little while on the podcast. Last month, the month before, I can't remember. Time isn't real. I took the Mustang down to Canberra for budget lockup because I am that brand of gremlin and I had a very, very good time. So how does this Mustang compare to all the other Mustangs that we've driven to Canberra? 
<laughs> well, I didn't actually drive the last one to Canberra. That was me. That was you. You were in the plane. I was in the plane. Oh. Quick recap on this. I know we've done it before, but a few years ago when Ray and I were both working for Gizmodo, there was a time where the times that you had to be at Sydney Airport specifically was like a lot earlier. Even for domestic, there was a big story around it. So we thought it would be funny to see if it was faster to drive or to now catch a plane to Canberra from Sydney because, you know, the flight time's pretty small, but if you were at the airport forever, that's going to add some time. And so we raced and it was very fun. And I won. And you won. Just <laughs> We were stuck on the tarmac <laughs> for like 20 minutes and it was some BS, but yes, you did win. Uh, luckily, that's not a problem anymore, but there is something about you and I and Canberra and Mustangs, Ray. Absolutely. So what is it that makes this Mustang stand out? Well, it sure is still a Mustang. <laughs> you know, and that's what I kind of love about them is that they're iconic, right? Most people love a Mustang, even if it's just for the aesthetic mm. or because they loved Bullet back in the day, that classic movie, or just love, you know, the sound of that engine roar. It's just so iconic. There's something just so sexy about it. And it's why I got into trouble with my mom for not taking it down to her for a drive because I didn't have time. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. You know what? Mums love Mustangs. My mom loves Mustangs too. She wants a 68 Mustang. Oh, uh, yes. I think 68, 69 was possibly the best years for Mustang. Just that shape, but uh, I'm guessing that they're not packed with the same kind of safety features that we would get today. <laughs> no, that's one of the things I was actually going to call out. So like, we'll go into that. It doesn't have the best safety rating, actually. It, it only has a three-star cap safety rating, and it's only a couple of things dragging that down, but a few things that were also kind of missing were... No blind spot monitoring or rear cross traffic alerts, even as optional extras. That was kind of disappointing. But the thing is, too, is that when you look at Mustang, I don't actually sit there and look at it in the same way as, say, like a Volvo. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> ultra safe, you know, sort of car. Um, but, you know, I really liked it. What I really loved, of course, is the look. Call me basic, but, you know, Mustangs are hot. You feel hot in them. You do. And, you know, I've been a big fan since first getting to do a track day about five years back. This is their fun. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Now, you did say this was the V8. And, you know, in a time where... Mm -hmm. We're all considering our fuel consumption, sure. our environmental impact. Is a V8 the best way to go to be releasing this in, you know, this day and age? Look, it's a great, great point, especially when, again, with Mustangs, one of the most iconic things about them is that engine roar. When I spoke to people at Ford, you know, over the last few years when I was covering a lot of cars as part of my day job, one of the things they have to take into really serious consideration every single year is tuning that engine roar to this exact kind of decibel and sound that people love. They actually get oh. huge Mustang fans in to listen to different versions of that roar just to get it right. That's how beloved this thing is. So they really need to keep this model going just to appease the fans. To a certain degree, absolutely. I mean, it's had this decades-long reputation for a reason, right? It's loud and proud. But you make an excellent point. I think that is why they have really had to get this EV Mustang out kind mm. of sooner rather than the later as well so they can at least point to, you know, this next evolution of Mustangs. We also know that in the last few years that some EVs have got an engine roars kind of added to them <laughs> yes. so it can make people still feel like I know they're big men or something and I almost get it for the Mustang even though for every other car I thought it was the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> 
Look, this is the cosplay episode, I believe. <laughs> and I think having a fake engine roar for an EV is absolutely cosplaying as a real car. <laughs> I know. And it's just like, I love everything about just the, the engine stories in general. I don't know if you remember this. Again, it's another Giz story. Um, when I first did that track day, is I was talking to one of the engineers and I got to actually break this story. Was that, you know how they're so, so loud? Yeah. And now they have different engine modes. You've got quiet mode and sports mode track mode normal mode that quiet mode the first time they brought that in in say 2017 whenever it was they had to bring it in is because one of like the engineers or people working on the cars you know had these earlier models they had it at home and they got the cops called on them by their neighbors because <laughs> it was too loud and that's what spurred the idea of actually having a quiet mode that's i love the idea of having you know speakers playing not just on the inside but also on the outside <laughs> where you can select you know, your quiet mode, your loud <laughs> for mode. For an EV. For yeah. your EV. Like how loud and revvy do you want your EV Mustang to be? It just reminds <laughs> me of that South Park episode with like the Harley Davidsons, how yeah. even like the biker guys would be sitting on the bike going, no, 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 that is every EV Mustang driver of the future. No. But yeah, look, it's a great point, but even me being a sustainable gal and wanting that future, I'm sorry there is something in that lizard of brain of mine when I hear that VA, yeah. like a startup, it's sexy. What can I say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mother Earth. It's pretty hot. Something else that I know that you are passionate about in cars is the entertainment system, the HUD, you know, how you interact <laughs> with everything uh-huh. inside on the interior. How are we looking? For the Mustang on the inside. It's not the best. Oh, no. No, and this is pretty normal for Mustangs and just American cars in general, <laughs> really. From what I hear from my much more attuned uh, car review friends and a few that I've experienced myself, it just feels quite dated and clunky, to be honest. Same with the reverse camera. Like, it was there, but I feel like my 2016 Mazda CX-5 looks crisper. Ooh. So it just it wasn't the best, but I also understand it's not really the sort of car where people are super focused on infotainment systems and that not everyone cares about it, but I really do. It's one of the things that I value most, and I guess like if you are a hardcore Mustang fan and you're not the biggest fan of the infotainment system, my recommendation would be just to get Android Auto or CarBlade is running immediately. <laughs> That's always our solution for these things. <laughs> just rock up to Strathfield Car Radio and go, kit me out, thank you. <laughs> Fix this, please, heal me. So no, it, it wasn't the best. But there were other things on the interior that I really did love. Like it was really, really comfortable, at least in the front. Different story for the back seat, which is quite cramped because it's a you know a two-door car that has that kind of sloped back rear window so you don't have a lot of headroom if you're tall short people in the back only please exactly children and short people <laughs> but you know in the front it's comfortable really sexy it has those retro style switches oh i love those i love those so much. it's just so classic mustang it's kind of similar like with the newer minis that still have those kind of retro features that are yeah yeah that are modernized and i just love that so much it's also a really comfortable drive. Like I said, I took it to Canberra and back over the course of two days. So that's a lot of driving in sort of a 
24, 30-hour period. I wasn't sore, wasn't uncomfortable after long stints behind the wheel. It was also a super solid drive. You know, you're not getting pushed all over the road, has <laughs> firm and good grip. And, again, you can feel that power of that V8 engine, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You're just looking at everyone going, come on then, Mack truck, what are you going to do? <laughs> so the wind's not blowing you around and you do feel confident that you could take anyone at the lights. Oh, at the lights, yes, definitely. I thought you were going to say like on a head-on, I'm like, yes, but that is not accurate even if I feel <laughs> that, that way. Don't do that. <laughs> no, at the lights, definitely. And I think there is something intrinsic when you're at those lights that you kind of just want to turn your head and do like the little nod at someone next to you. <laughs> Don't do that though, that's dangerous and I certainly wouldn't. I'm wondering if it has my favorite feature, which is compulsory for any car that I will purchase and Mm -hmm. love. I know what you're going to ask. I know what you are. (laughs) Does it have heated leather seats? It does. It has the heated seats. And I was driving to Canberra when it was cold and I was leaving at five in the morning. It was very nice. It's so good. I've Mm -hmm. even fantasized at some points. Have you ever looked at the specs on Range Rovers? No, I haven't. Those cars are intense. Oh, also, yeah. the price point on them. I'm like, oh, yeah. that is an apartment in Adelaide for a car. Who is buying these? Every time <laughs> I see a Range Rover on the road, I'm like, do you have intergenerational wealth or yes. are you in debt? Like, which of the mm. two is it? And I try to guess. Maybe both. <laughs> I try to guess. I'm like, debt or wealth? Debt mm. or wealth? <laughs> Uh-huh. It's a fun game. Yeah, so the Range Rovers, if you take a look, like you can even set the aircon, like the heater in the car to start up like 10 or 15 minutes before you get in the car. Oh, absolutely. So that it can be nice and warm and toasty before you get in. Yeah. If someone would invent that for heated seats so that I don't have to feel the cold leather touching my butt through mm. my jeans before they warm up, yeah. I would be the happiest person in the world. That would be quite good. We should see if there's some cars that do that because I was going to say that I thought that Tesla did that, but it might just be the the aircon situation through the app. I can't remember if it's the seats as well. Also, so is there any guarantee that if it's in a Tesla it will work? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just drive off when it's in sentry mode or something. But, yes, it does have that. And they're also ventilated seats, so it's also if it's hot, like it, it's going to feel that little bit more airy. I tell you what, though, they don't have this, but I love those cars that don't only have heated seats but they have like it's not the right word, but I get cooling seats, aircon yeah. seats. It, it feels unnatural, but it's also very nice in the middle of summer. <laughs> it's like a non-toileting bidet. It just yeah. comes with like the freshening. And yes. you're like, hi, I'm sitting in my car. Why are you doing things to my butt? Less wet than a bidet, I would say. I would get very upset, very upset if that happened. Is less wet than the bidet going to be the title of our... It's going to be the Ford bidet. <laughs> oh, oh, no, they're going to hate that. <laughs> no, they will. No, no, I'm going to say here on the record right now that the Ford Mustang does not have an inbuilt bidet. <laughs> Just heating. <laughs> it just has heated seats. It's not the same thing. It oh won't clean your butt. <laughs> it won't. It won't do it. Oh, God. No, it won't. I feel like if you're going to have a bidet in a car, it would cost more than the 2022 Mustang, which it starts at $52,590 for on-road. Ooh. Okay, you've got a surprised face, and I think this happens a lot, that people don't realise over the last few years that at least the baseline Mustangs 
aren't the luxury that people think they are anymore. Or like, and by that, I'm, I'm not saying that it's like, you know, it's a <laughs> bit of metal. I'm saying that like they are more affordable yeah. than what some people realise these days. I think this started with like the 2018 model, wasn't it? That earlier. Was earlier. Earlier than that. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of became that 50K entry-level yes. luxury yeah. or luxury appearance car yeah. that was affordable for hospitality managers. <laughs> are you talking about your mum again? <laughs> no, I'm not. But it's kind of that car yeah. that you get. It's like, remember the Porsche Boxsters became affordable? For- what, what sort of affordable are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they became affordable for hairdressers. So. Oh, got you. Yeah. Got you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I think they became super popular and you just saw them everywhere at that point. But it's also because they hit Australia yeah, with the yeah, Mustangs right, as well. Yeah, right. It kind yeah. of made it lose its prestige a little bit, I felt, which is kind of sad. And I think that's why it makes the older models seem even more appealing because yeah. you did have to import them from the States. They are a little bit special and rare. And had that retro feel all around yeah. and, you know, like who cares if I can't turn the wheel because I'm not strong enough for <laughs> no power steering. That's fine. I really am not. I could <laughs> never get an old Mustang. They're built like a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it will become a bidet. If you <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know what? I had a great time with it. It wouldn't be my first choice for like my everyday car just because I like all of my extra bells and whistles. But hey, there were a couple of USB-A ports in there, more than one. We love that. Mm-hmm. And if it's that sort of car that like, you know, you've always wanted a Mustang, I think you'll have fun with it. It's just that I think that I'm just looking for a little bit something else for my everyday car, whereas I'd see this more as my, like, affordable weekend car (laughs) if I lived in a household where I could own more than one car as well as a house, which will never happen. (laughs) When you're a fancy lady, Tegan. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And on that note, that is another episode of Queens of the Drone Age. Thank you all for listening and thank you, Ray, for joining me and inventing the Ford bidet. No worries. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for indulging in my cosplay heater. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Queens of the Drone Age abides by the MEAA Journalist Code of Ethics. Any recommendations we make are honest because our opinions are not for sale. This episode was edited by Sam Blacker at the Podcast Butler, who... We always should thank more, Ray, because there is so much chaos that he hears <laughs> and cuts out that you don't have to hear, and that is some godlike patience, truly. <laughs> I reckon he knows us better than anyone at this stage. And that is not a good thing. <laughs> Our show art and branding is done by Taya Godson. And if you like what we do, please, please leave us a review and a rating and maybe share it with someone else that might enjoy it. Maybe your mum who wants a Mustang. It's up to you. If you'd like more information about anything we've discussed on the show, please check out our podcast description or you can subscribe to our Patreon, which gives you access to our weekly newsletter, which is loaded with extra info, articles, tips, and more. A huge thank you to everyone who has become a patron so far. We love you more than Elon Musk loves ruining Twitter. See you in the future. Okay, Ray, I've been teasing this one, I've been promising this one, I've been owing you this one, and I'm finally going to review it. I don't know if I wanted to say anything else there.
Can you maybe ask something? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>